We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 495 Talking Buffalo podcast. Part of the Blue Wire Network. Today is Friday, October 21st. Thank you, everyone, for locking in. It is our casual Friday episode. That means I got to get used to saying this now, as always, because it will be hopefully for a while anyway. As always, my man, Aaron Quinn from Cover One. What's going yeah, on, dude? How you doing? What's happening, my man? Uh, looking forward to it. So I have like a very strict in-season week and habits, how things go. And obviously the bye week, it switches up a little bit. Uh, but this is a nice addition because... Uh, I tell my wife all the time leading up, uh, we record our show on Wednesday nights and when leading up to that on Wednesday nights, <clears throat> so much anxiety because so much work goes into it in the week and then having to go through and do it live and do all that show. And so usually Thursday, I'm just like kind of exhaust that. So this is nice though, to get to chat with you. And this is like you said, it's more for a casual Friday. Uh, and so it is a more casual conversation. So it's nice to have a little bit more laid back after all the work that goes in early in the week to get the show out. It is. It's a little bit, at least for me, anyway, I can only speak for myself. It's also a little bit different because, again, I've been doing this now for close to five years. And right. all my episodes are always taped in the afternoon or at night. And we're doing this 9.30 a.m. on Thursdays to drop. This is my time, dude. This is. Yeah, uh, I can tell yeah. you, you got that. You got that. You like you probably wake up with instant energy. Well, kids, you get going. Usually my kids have been sick ish this week. I feel like everyone that has little kids probably understands that your kids are like just coughing all the time mm -hmm. and they're up at night in my bed taking medicine. Luckily, I have a saint for a wife who mostly just deals with the kids. They don't actually want anything to do with me at that period of time anyway. <laughs> uh, and so but it's still hard on everybody. So getting everyone up and going, but they're out of the house. And that's what matters when you're a stay at home dad is. This is my time to shine, man. I get this uh, hour and a half to myself, and this is a good way to spend it talking bills. Normally, I'm doing dishes or something like that, Pat. So I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you killed some time. I love talking you know, bills, man. You know me. I can't, oh, I can't I know, I know. talking anything with you, man. You know, it's funny because one of the big debates we have in Buffalo with people, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, in person, whatever, it's always about fall versus summer. A lot of people, you know, falls, elite What's season, elite? blah, What's blah, not, blah. Yeah. This and that. You know I've what? You know it. what? You know what Apple fall is now that I know, and this isn't even debatable. It's get sick season. Everyone, including myself over the last two weeks, I'm getting over it now, but everybody I know, yeah. kids, adults, everyone gets sick this time of year. Well, Buffalo, kids right? go back to school in the Northeast in the fall. So one, you're just going to have a passing of germs uh, like you haven't had in a long time. Right. And so there's sure. going to be that element of, and they're bringing home to you. And then it's just damp. It's damp and cold. 
in the Northeast, uh, especially the last couple of years here. Although this coming weekend, Pat, I've heard, I've been told it is going to be elite fall season, at least captured for like a two to three day period. <laughs> uh, but today, dude, I, I drop my kids off at school every day. We live close enough to walk it's like a block and a half from the school. And we uh, walk to school and do all that stuff. And it is cold. My kid refused to wear a coat or a hat or anything today. Just wanted a hoodie. And halfway through the walk, he's like, oh, no, it's so cold. I was like, dude, this like I've been trying to warn you, but uh, it's a little too early for that. Even in one of the lines I was in dropping off one of my kids, one of the dads like it's there's too many leaves on the trees right now for snow to start falling. We're talking about snow, Pat. I know it's, man, it's October it's like 19th is like 20th of October 3rd 21st of October here and we're talking about snow it's cool that you could walk your kids to, to, to school though it's one, always just nice one little, right now yeah oh, just one yeah it's a uh, it's always a nice advantage as opposed yes. to having to take a school bus man next I, year will be both of them both my my oldest just wants to be on a school bus though I feel like no matter what you've got in life you always want it. <laughs> yeah you know what I mean that's just it's nature all, so Again, I got some football topics we're going to talk about. Again, being casual Friday, kind of keeping a little more random than like say, like we'll cover one, man. You guys hit record and bam, 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 Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Which is great. But especially on weeks like this, because this is a bye week. And by the way, so I'll get to the metal stand in a second. So the Bills are on a bye. We all know that. Yeah. Here's the deal, though. This might be, I'm going to throw this shit up here, man. Let me see it. NFL schedule week seven. And I'm not just saying this because the Bills are on a bye. This is legitimately like if there was ever a weekend, Bills fans, where you got housework to catch up on, yard work, yeah, yeah. any of that stuff, yeah. family you want to, to go visit, this is the weekend to do it. Not just because the Bills aren't playing. This yeah. is one of the worst schedules I, I can ever remember seeing, man. I, I have a it, question for you because uh, we were talking about this last night on our show, and Greg said he listens to Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal, and they were telling people it is the premier apple-picking weekend because the slate of games is so bad. Uh, and my point is, like, I'm pretty sure apple-picking is, like, done at this point, right? It's, like, mid yeah. uh, past mid-October now, and it's, like, it's ha- it hailed, I think, this morning. I, I think apple season's officially was done a, a little <laughs> bit ago, right? So I think they're giving out bad information there on <laughs> It's funny. Bill Simmons podcast there. Uh, I think I think you and uh, Greg are right. Yeah. Seriously though, like you look at yeah. the schedule too. All right, I don't. I'm not even gonna run all through. All I'll throw games. a red zone on. Oh like, sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, like yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Red zone. Yeah, this isn't but, great. But there's there's not a single matchup. I mean, yeah. maybe you could argue maybe the Colts and Titans because those probably that's what is probably going to come down to an AFC South. But neither yeah. of those teams are good. And now the Chiefs 49ers, uh, the 425 game on Fox. That's a good game. <clears throat> yeah, because I could bury the Chiefs a little bit here, right? Yeah, Early. Sure. You know, back to back losses. I think I don't know what the stat is, but there's some statistic where if you suffer back to back losses, the chance of Super Bowl is like goes out like almost out the window. Yeah. Um, and they like chances of one seed, things like that. Just you get buried behind teams if you lose back to back in the NFL. So and I believe we, I would love to see that. That's a road game, I believe, for Kansas City as well. So, I mean, you know, San Francisco. Seahawks Chargers. That Seahawks Chargers game could be like if the Chargers really get buried here, they're going to have to have a conversation about turning over their regime. Right. Yeah. Like Staley can't get too buried too quick. L.A. that L.A. media will bury him. Uh, So that that would be one I would also keep my eyes on. And we'll talk a little bit about the Seahawks later, too. Will we? (laughs) <laughs> is, that, is that a little little nugget for later that's on? That's a little nugget for later. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that's a perfect segue because yeah. what I wanted to say was, look, so we're we're starting this. We just did this for the first time last week, and I'm going to add some segments. And I said we were going to tinker with them, try to make them better. And you came up with a good idea. So last week we did a, 
we started the metal stand. And basically what I'm doing is throwing out two to three topics a week. And Aaron is going to award bronze, silver, and gold medals yeah. for him. Last week, what we did is I gave you all three choices. And I think you said, and you were 100% right, that pick pick three. Don't have to be three. I give you pick sure. three. And then I'll pick three, too. And maybe we'll spend a minute or two kind of contrasting and comparing. So anyway, we'll do that later in the show. Yeah. Which kind of makes me want to circle back to um, last week. So last week. I, I thought about it afterwards. We did um, one of the two we did was R and B groups from the nineties. And I gave you Jodeci boys, mm-hmm. the men and drew Hill. Mm-hmm. And you gave the gold to, to boys, the men. I thought that yeah. Jodeci should win the gold. One thing that as Have I you come around at, to my way of thinking or no, oh, come on. No, no, I haven't changed that. What, what I do think though, is that both of us to some extent, although we both like them, I think we both kind of slept on Drew Hill a little bit too much. No. Yes. So. Yes. No, I yes, don't yes, think so. There. Go ahead. No, Make your case. I was going to say, so. no, no, I agree. Ultimately, they still end up the bronze, no matter in both yeah. our list. Yeah. I do agree with that. But it was almost like we just gloss over them like they didn't even count. And that got me thinking. I remember back to that time in the late 90s into the early 2000s, man. This group right. was awesome. So I went on there. Sure. Took a little stroll down memory lane and, you know, I'm reminiscing and being sentimental here, but yeah, to this day, I still remember this. I'm going all the way back to 1990. Sleeping in my bed remix. It's one of the sure. hardest remixes. Yeah. Jermaine Dupri. Boom, 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 the boom. Fir- the first time, and again, I'm being a little sentimental and corny here, but I remember this. I was, cause I was bartending and it was a, a birthday party for me at a bar. The first time my wife and I ever like kind of. Well, she wasn't my wife then. She wasn't even my girlfriend then. That's kind of my point. We kind of yeah. got on the dance floor and, and kind of sort of started hooking up was actually to a right. Drew Hill song. What do I do? And to this day, I still play that song. But I went on there, like, um, I went on Google and I just looked up some of the songs. I was like, holy shit, this song, this song. Dude, they had like nine or ten legitimate good R&B hits, man. And Nine? Nine at least. How do you want it to? I got to look this up. In my I bed. Never up. make a promise. I wrote it down, man. Okay, you got it down. Yeah, tell me yeah. these are the yeah. times. How deep is your love? We're not yeah. making love no more. That was from the Soul Food soundtrack, by the way. That yeah. was a great soundtrack and a good movie. Yeah, uh, the love we had, and then like I said, what do I do? You the had love to... we had is that a hit? The love we had. Uh, it, it was to me. Okay, <laughs> I liked it. I don't know right. if it was. I don't know if it was a chart pop in our sure. hit. This sounds like when I'm trying to convince somebody how good Brian Adams was, and I'm like listing off hits that were like, nah, was that a hit, or is that just for like <laughs> you and the 50 year old women that are Brian Adams fanatics? Well, you don't got to work hard to convince me about Brian Adams. No, no, that. we're in the same boat there. Yeah. No, I'm with so like my sweet spot for r&b is late 90s early 2000s i was like eighth grade to mm-hmm. through high school i graduated in 2002 so that's like a sweet spot for r&b for me um and i think really the pinnacle of the combination of hip-hop and r&b and those remixes all sort of sure. those styles blended together and pinnacled right in that era um and so drew hill i think that the problem for them is i think a little bit they got buried by being in an era where there was a lot more competition for that spot. Cause I really don't think that even they belonged in that same conversation over jagged edge over one twelve. And I think if you put up the discographies of those groups to drew Hills, it'll look similar. I think you'll see the same amount of hits. And I think if you listen to them side by side, if there was a versus, is that the thing The uh, if there was like a, 
that where they go on Instagram live and compete against each other. If it was Drew Hill versus Jagged Edge, I think it'd be close, right? Like, I don't think they're that far ahead of those other groups of their era where Boys to Men was. I think Jodeci, what my argument with you on Jodeci was I don't think they had the amount of work in their collection, but the the small amount of work they did was revolutionary in yeah. RB at the time. Right. I I look, Boys to Men is like the casual Bills fan. Everybody loves the Buffalo <laughs> Bills. You know what I'm saying? The right. Jodeci's the more hardcore fan. Like you might say, oh, you might hear a Bills fan, eh, I love the Bills. And then you say, All right, name me three players and you can't. Which is yeah. fine. You know, well, a lot people of people just want to put the Bills gear on and cheer for them on Sunday, and that's cool. The yeah. hardcore fans know the players and know the situations. That's kind of your Jodeci. You know what that I mean? Like Jodeci, RB lovers love yeah. Jodeci, whereas the, maybe the just the casual RB fan to them, it was just real quick and easy, boys to men. Well, Jodeci they- was the first, like, boys to men had some of the like real cookie cutter hip hop sound right. into their RB, which was fun. Motown Philly, mm-hmm. like, it had some of that um, new Jack sort of R&B sound to it. Jodeci, uh Puffy had a lot of influence on those early production of the Jodeci albums. And it had more of a raw New York hip hop kind of gritty, hard to match that Casey and Jojo vocals. And it was different, dude. I was a little kid and I should not have been singing the songs that Jodeci was talking <laughs> about. All I, all. I had no business. Man no freaking you oh yeah fiending that's yeah that was just straight up and bone music man yeah when i want to tease my wife i just like i'll just say hey alexa (laughs) play this by jodeci and she's like oh my god get out of here with that you know what i mean like they're that group for people in our age range for sure for sure all right so we did that last week like i said um at the end of today's episode we got two topics we're gonna do NFL surprises slash storylines so far this season. And then we're going to do worst slash like most overrated songs ever. So we'll have a metal stand for those. That's a tough one. I don't like this. We're going to talk about that. We'll talk about it. Okay. And another thing that we're going to start doing from time to time, not every week, but if Aaron goes somewhere to eat or I go somewhere to eat or we watch a a movie or something like that, I want to have like these quick little, Mini reviews. Mini reviews. Yeah. And again, we'll keep the, the format. So here's the thing. Like when I hate reading movie reviews, like if I watch, I don't TV, think I've TV ever TV read series, one. Yeah. Well, here's the problem. And you know, I'm not a dumb person, but I'm also not the smartest person in the world either. And the problem I've come to find with a lot of reviews, like for movies and TV shows and series and stuff like that, and sometimes food places is they're written in a way that's almost hard for the average person to be able to comprehend sure. what they're even saying, you know, like sure. a, I don't know, like a Roger Ebert review is really hard to dis- decipher. I don't even know what the hell he's talking about. Sure. Half of the, half of the reviews. So I like, and movies are probably a little easier. Restaurant reviews are all rubbish. In my opinion, I worked in the industry sure. for yeah, yeah, 10 yeah. years and we had guys come in to review us. And I'll tell you right now, everybody just like dolls, everything up, puts up to the T's. They know this guy's coming in. They pamper uh, restaurant reviewers probably have one of the best especially in like small areas like i was in portland maine area like you get buttered up you get taken care of they all want to be your friend so that they get that good review and write up and it works and so that one's all that's all fraudulent in my opinion oh i Uh, agree i agree i'm sure there are some real ones that go in and don't tell people i'm sure there's good work i don't read a lot of it but i'll tell you in my experience those ones can be manipulated movies is probably hard but i don't care about other people's opinions on movies i don't I, I don't care about other people's opinions on anything when, yeah. it, comes to, when, when, it, when it comes to movies. Yeah, we're TV picking shows opinions. I'm going or, with mine. or food. I just all I yeah. care about is hearing my own voice. Yeah, yeah. 
I do agree with you. And to your point, actually, there's been times, you know, I've kind of made a little bit of a name for myself with doing some of these wing reviews and stuff. And sometimes yeah. I, they know, you know, if I'm coming in, I'm going to write up something or I'm there, I'm going to take a podcast. There. About on I get, Twitter. I get, I get their yeah. best shot every time. So I, I do agree with that anyway. So speaking like, of which you still haven't, I've never eaten wings with you in real life. I live like eight yeah, minutes away from you. Yeah. That, that's got to change. Whatever. So here, so here's, here's what I did last week. Yeah. I went to Allentown pizza, which is called now Josh Allentown pizza. Sure. Yeah. And I got a steak hoagie. My wife works downtown. She's she knows, you know, she knows hoagie is I, a grinder sandwich sub. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, for sure. She knows what I like anyway. That that that's my point. So she got me to come down there. So when we do these like little quick mini reviews, like I said, it's yeah. gonna be real simple. There'll be pros, like we'll talk about just bullet points, the pros, the cons, and then like verdict slash grade for this place. So I had Allentown Pizza again. I've never been in there before. They didn't obviously I don't even know who I am, let alone know what I was coming. The good parts about Josh Allentown Pizza, more on that in a second, by the way. But um, it, it was a friendly place, mm-hmm. ample seating. So if you want to go and sit down around downtown area, Allentown area, and sit down and have a lunch, there's plenty of tables there, reasonably priced. I got two hoagies, yep. two drinks, spent just under 30 bucks. But most importantly, the uh the steak hoagie was elite, man. It yeah. was, it really? was a great, yeah. Yeah. It was a great steak. Hoagie. What's it, on it? Just onions, peppers, onions, cheese. peppers and stuff. If you get that, like, I don't even get that. I just got the cheese melted in a yeah. little bit of their sauce, the steak. I mean, it was really good. It was chopped up. It was that old school kind of West side feel for me anyway, where I grew up on. I really liked it a lot. Those are the pros. And yeah, for people who are watching and listening for the cons and I'm trying, I'll always be honest with these yeah. little mini reviews, man. For sure. Uh, Go to the bathroom before you get there. I caught some shit on Twitter for saying this too. You know, snobby, elitist, whatever. Go to the bathroom before you go there. They got a tiny little dumpy bathroom, man, and it is not really where you, where you want to yeah. go. They have signs all over the place inside with like everything written down, their lunch specials, but no prices. It's got a dollar sign and nothing's written in. So you don't even know how much shit is unless you actually look at the tiny menu on the counter. Yeah. Looking up at the displays is useless because... There's no prices on it. And uh, that is, that's tough, man. Wasn't there like uh, huge fluctuations in pepperoni prices? There could be, sure. Uh, Everything's written in wing prices. It's all chalk. Write that shit in chalk, man. Take it 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, I do want to know how much I'm paying for daily lunch special, two slices and a pop, dollar sign. You know, like write the price down. They do buy the slice there. That's yeah. Well, that's a common thing anywhere in restaurants. You know, you get two slices from like noon to three or whatever. You know what? It's not in Maine. It is here. So that was like a thing, a shock to me. Because like some, a couple places in Maine would do it, but not every pizza joint would have just like slices laid out, and that's the best. Hmm. You know, grab a slice. And then one other thing, and this is kind of a a big deal. So I'm sitting down. We ordered food, paid for it, got it. We're at the table eating. Someone came in and literally pandered at. For money, yeah, yeah it's it's the the that way, it though. is. It's the area. It is the area. So I'm not going to say it only happens at Josh Allentown Pizza. No, it no, doesn't no. happen at other places. Yeah, and I'm not going to hold them stuff. to it, dude. We, I've worked in a restaurant where we had a local sure. guy, guy, and it's like there's not a lot you can. No, there's not. A guy came in, and he, you know, he, I think he got a, two slices or a slice of pizza or something. Came right up to me, asked me for like a dollar eighty six. I gave him yeah. a couple bucks. No, you know, no problem. Yeah, but whatever. When you're sitting down eating lunch with your wife, you don't really want yeah. people coming up to you asking you for money, man. So Not I don't know. That shit yeah. kind of sucked. But again, it the does. verdict grade. Look at the end of the day, they're all little nitpicks. Like I said, the the, sure. the, the bathroom, the price, even 
the pandering bottom line is price everywhere you're going. Yeah, no, oh, they're too. not having the price. Yeah, it's called Allentown Pizza. The I had a slice of pizza, it was all right. Yeah, it was just decent size, decent price. Cheese was all right, very bland sauce. So, so not really good with the pizza. But at the end of the day, what matters was I went there for a steak hogan. I'm telling you, there's not many good steak that I've had in Buffalo that's better. So I'd give it like a B plus, A minus just awesome. for uh just for the steak hoagie alone. Like I said, everything else is kind of probably common with the area if you're gonna be downtown right. and whatever. But uh yeah, nice place, man. Really, really cool people. Really nice people. I'm, honestly, I am almost never downtown. Like I don't leave the suburbs all that much. Uh, stay at home dad. I'm kind of just at home base. Right. And, so I don't get down there a whole lot. Uh I had a I went to Paula's this weekend. Paula's donuts account. Yeah. Yeah. It's right around the corner here. There's one right around the corner for me too. Yeah, I went there. Uh, it was my it's my kid's birthday this weekend, so we got Paula's donuts yesterday morning for him before school. And I'll tell you what, I'll give it an A plus because Paula's is the best. And it's, it's right around the corner of my house. And it's super dangerous when people come into town, dude. I'll just go get like a dozen and cut them up and make like a charcuterie board of different flavored Paula's donuts. And I was able yesterday to have a red velvet, still warm. My wife went out, and got them real early for the kid when she brought them back. They're still warm. My coffee van, there's nothing hits like a Paul's donut first thing in the morning. So. I go there. Uh, Southgate Plaza is basically around the corner for me. I go there yeah. once or twice a month. And it's ironic because I don't think Jordan Poyer lives around here, but I've seen him there twice now. At, uh, there's Paul's that spot, donut. dude. And I don't know. I know I've heard there's other really good donut spots in the area, but that's got to be tough business competing with Paula's because it's real close to my house. But even if it wasn't that close, I feel like it would be worth the drive for we don't go out and get them a lot. But if we're going to go get donuts, my wife was even like, do you want Dunkin Donuts or Tim's or Paula's? I'm like, girl, if you're going out, like go get Paula's. Like, come no, on, if you're, if you're treat get, ourselves, if you're yeah. getting donuts and stuff, Paula's is worth the wait. And yeah. there's usually is honestly the one on up here in the North towns over on Sheridan. I, there's a little bit of a line, but they move quick, man. That line snakes through quick. Like I've never had a bad wait. Uh, Twitter helps a little bit too. Twitter's good in the morning. So. Sure. Um, Anyways. All right. Let's kind of turn our attention to last weekend. And you know, we're not really going to talk about the game. That's definitely old news by now. I may have, you know, uh, a little bit of recency bias when it comes to the Bills versus Kansas City this year okay. versus last year. But I, I, I feel like this year's <clears throat> regular season win in Kansas City meant more than last year i want to get your opinion on this and, and i'll give you my reason last year it was about knowing that you could beat them and getting over the hump yeah you know what i mean because they got sure. embarrassed in the afc championship the, sure. the year before they lost in buffalo on monday night football so they needed to know that they could beat the chiefs and they did mm -hmm. and i do think that mattered they, because I, they had the chiefs beating the playoffs again last year before you know sure the the conclusion i don't even like saying the 13 seconds i will just say the conclusion this year it was but now, today, as we're taping this, the, the Bills are very much clearly in the uh, in the driver's seat right now to get yeah, home field. And I think that is the most important thing. If you're playing Kansas City again in January, which very well could happen, sure, big difference coming to Orchard Park yep. versus Arrowhead. That's why I think this game was more significant. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you disagree with that because no, they didn't, well, they hadn't I done it, it before last year. Which, yeah, what's your thought? I think the progression – I think when you look back historically – Throughout sports, you'll see great teams and you'll really see their rise came two to three years before. And you kind of go back and look at it and it's some team always got in their way or something always got in their way. And for the Bills, it's been Kansas City. And I think you can see the progression over the last three years 
right? Uh, you had the COVID year where they get to the AFC championship game. Uh, not that that was fluky that the Bills got to the AFC championship game, but I don't think that that team was ready to be a Super Bowl caliber, championship caliber team in 2020. They were close, right? And the Chiefs clearly outclassed them in that game. And then I think, you know, last year you caught up a little bit. And in that regular season game, that one was hard for me to take as like, I'm glad they got the win. It was hard for me to take as like a victory over this organization because one, it was a regular season game. Two, that was a fluky game, right? You had the hour or something wait at halftime, all the talk about peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Um, you had the fluky, kind of fluky pick that bounced off and Hyde took that one. Greg uh, so Rizzo had Greg Rizzo had the pick. Yeah, like not that those don't matter and you can't take that away. And the Bills still won that game, but it didn't feel like necessarily the bills were better after that win it was like okay well like we caught them on a fluky night and we can get them uh but you know there's they're still right there and i think they caught up and you saw that in the playoffs i think they edged closer so 2020 you know chiefs are outclassing you 2021 you're caught up and now this year going into the year i thought bills absolutely got better in the offseason i thought they did all the things that you have to do to keep up with the kansas city chiefs so this was the year in my opinion you were going to ascend to being better and it really all started to look that way lining up for this game and i think this game to me proved that right and that's why i think to your point i think it was a bigger game i think it was a better game there was a bigger game for this organization in that i really truly believe they are over the hump on paper they are a better team than the kansas city chiefs i think in neutral situation they proved that and now now it's going to come you know this is why i said revenge didn't happen this past weekend, none of that stuff. The payback didn't happen yet. That's going to be the Bills getting to a Super Bowl is going to be revenge on 13 seconds, all those things. This game was taking care of business, to your point. Getting that one seed is so important to that final goal and to ultimately getting revenge, whether it's against Kansas City or not. This was taking care of business, and good teams do that. Last year, the Bills were, uh, or they played the Chiefs. The Chiefs were kind of a mess last year when the Bills went in the Kansas yeah, right. City. And also... To your point, which is why I agree with you, last year, so the Bills go into Kansas City and they win. Mm -hmm. And they had the momentum now. And I looked up some numbers from last year. After the Bills game, they were 4-1. and one. Just like right now, the Bills are sitting at 5-1. and one. Difference, which we hope as a Bills fan, the difference was last year after going into Kansas City and beating them and seemingly having all that momentum and being in the driver's seat and all that Stumb other stuff. Yeah, they stumbled. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't it wasn't sustained play for the bills. They went out after that. They lost three of their next five and five of their eight. Yeah. So five of their next eight after that. So they blew yep. any chance of home field and they finished 11 and six. The, yeah. To your point, I think the bills on paper are a much better football team right now. I think the bills on paper are a better football team than the Kansas city chiefs. And they go out this year. I'll go a step further on that take Pat. And you, you might want to cut this one up. I think the bills on paper are historically good maybe top top 10 i think potentially on paper could and be if they keep up at the pace that they're at it, we're, we could be talking if this team does all the things that they're set up to do and that vegas has them set to do winning the super bowl josh allen being the mvp mcdermott being coach of the year maybe going 15 and 2 type season if they do that that well we're talking top five if, historical team of all time. If people in this are day and saying age. that you're being a homer, if people think that's outlandish, I would say to them, all right, well, I'll give you potentially, 
You know, the Bills don't have a great running back right now, and they're struggling to run the football to an extent. Although the running game has been better, too, in recent weeks. Devin Singletary had a good game against City. Especially yeah, the short the yard half, stuff is a when, problem. When they got the short yard and stuff. Yeah. But take that away. Name, name, a, name, a, name a flaw on this team. Name a weakness on this football team. Yeah. And you know? I'm getting way ahead of myself here. I'm sure. just saying if it all works you said out on the paper. way. Yeah. You said on yeah. paper. On There's paper. a big difference between being great on paper yeah. and, and going and if, out. And, and if they it. achieve the things that they're set out to achieve, right? When you look ahead at the schedule, Greg and I both, we like, we were both looking ahead and doing our predictions yesterday and kind of we're both in the, hey, this is like 14, 15 win potential here shaping up over the next 11 games. They do that, get that one seed, handle business, get to and win a Super Bowl, do all these things with this roster and you look at, you know, I, I we'll talk about some stats here in a little bit, but you start looking at some of the stats that they're throwing off. They continue on that pace statistically on both sides of the ball, plus achieve all the things they're supposed to. Like you would have a hard time putting other historical teams up against this one and say that they're better. They, they would have to play really bad at this yeah. point, the way they look to finish 11 and six again, like they did. Josh last Allen, year. This looks like Josh Allen, like broke football. He broke it apart and is just like toying with it. Well, let's talk about him because yeah. I wanted to ask you, to me, he is playing right now physically on levels that I I've really, never seen. quite frankly, haven't seen. No, which never seen I was going to ask you that because I, I put it on Twitter and I talked about it with Joe Yurden on Tuesday. I'm not asking you, is, is Josh Allen the best quarterback of all time? He's not. Not at this point. That's for damn sure. He's got a long way to go. He's got a lot to prove. He's got some rings sure. to win. He's yeah. got some MVPs to collect. So that's not what I'm asking you. I just want to make that real clear. Yep. But. Is he the most physically gifted quarterback you've ever seen? I'm talking about quarterback, the size, yeah. the athleticism, right. uh, the ability to make plays with his legs, his arm strength. The the well, I don't even want to say accuracy because accuracy is not really a physical necessarily a, a physical tool, but he is literally the total package. He's the guy that teams are going to spend the next decade now trying to find the next Josh Allen. You know, I kind of feel he's on that level, but I don't think I'm being a homer, and I think I'm being like. I'm biased and I'm being objective. I don't know a quarterback physically who is uh, almost comparable to him at this point. Some people on Twitter were talking about Dante Culpepper because Dante Culpepper was actually a, an underrated runner for a handful of years earlier in his career. Yeah. He had the size and yep. the arm strength. Um, sure. Joe Yurden brought up Mike Vick, not because of the size. Obviously, Mike was a small guy. Right. But just his ability to run and kind of change the way people play physically, the quarterback position. Physically, and then sure. Randall Cunningham. Yeah. You know, I'm throwing some guys out, but it's like who John Elway, some people came up with. Like, yeah, who physically is on a level? We've I don't think we've ever seen a quarterback physically in the NFL like Josh Allen before. Yeah, couple things to unpack real quick. I've really struggled with this as somebody that's supposed to have a show that objectively talks about the Buffalo Bills, right? Like I'm a fan. Right. We talk about this all the time. I'm a fan and I try to objectively talk about them like the same way I am with my kids. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that I love my kids more than anything, but I will call them little jerks and a-holes when they are being that, right? Like I can mm -hmm. have those conversations about my team too, but uh, it is really hard. If you tune in to the Cover One Buffalo podcast week in and week out right now, it probably just looks like a Homer jerk fest, right? Like we are just like, Oh, Josh Allen, this, Oh my God, this team that, and we had Mike Sando of the athletic on last night to kind of talk about the bye week in the NFL as a whole. And we're having this conversation with them. Like I don't, it's hard for me to not sound like a Homer when you're talking about this team and you have stats in front of you and all this, these lists of things. And it just looks so fantastic. And Josh Allen is really the ultimate part of this conversation and why, we're talking about this team in that way. And we just sound like homers. You're right, uh, Pat. It's hard not to sound like that with him. 
he is to me growing up uh, sports illustrated kids sports illustrated would always have these segments where they put together like the perfect basketball player the perfect football player whatever and they would have like the cutout of Vic's legs and brett Favre's arm and peyton mm-hmm. manning's brain and right. all these things and somebody actually did it in real life and it was the allens and then they birthed us josh allen and the buffalo bills got a hold of him and perfected it into what we have now which is just this cyborg monster at quarterback so you're right i think physically uh, I think the people you talked about set some of the precedent for what can be done at the quarterback position, but he is doing it at the levels that they did and better in terms of running the ball, uh, presenting his physical gifts on the field in that way. But he has the better arm. Like you, you made the comparison to Randall Cunningham or uh, Cole Pepper, even uh, those guys had big arms and they did have arm talent. But Josh Allen, like a lot of people want to make the comparison to Cam Newton about Josh Allen, just in terms of the physical presence that he, he has they I can see why you do that. But what I have seen, I don't think, and, and then people also try to make that comparison that he's going to age the same as Cam Newton, if he takes that toll, but I've seen Josh Allen lead long sustained drives. Like this year, we're seeing the long 98 yard bombs and these big plays and then getting explosives. But in the past couple of years, we have seen them be able to go down, pick you apart in the long sustained manner. So I, I have more confidence that Josh is going to be able to do that with his arm talent later and with his brain. You see him being able to progress through plays. So it's more than just the physical tools. He's also elite in the ways that some of these other guys are elite. He and Patrick Mahomes seem to have figured out the game and it's slowed down. Like defenses are scrambling to either throw two safeties up or blitz. Like they're throwing the kitchen sink at these guys to try to find something that will slow them down. And so they've got the full package. The sky's the limit for both of them. I think when all said and done. It'll be Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen at the top of every single record over the next 10 years. And it won't even be close. Sports fans who like to wager, I'm here to tell you about Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. If you're looking for a one-stop space on these interwebs to compare odds live up to the minute, look no further than Odds Trader. Why is Odds Trader so valuable to you? Well, for starters, it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines from all the major sports books. Why does that matter? Well, it matters because if you're liking a team, you want to throw down some cash on them, you're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds, the best lines. It's a chance to find the highest payouts if you're betting on the underdogs or whether you're profiting the most if you're going with the favorites. Odds Trader also allows you to compare all the different signup codes and promos from the sports books so that you can get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, Odds Trader, the app, also gives you player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, which by the way, that could be a huge thing to know in certain situations. Odds Trader also has a betting tracker so they can keep records of all your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, Odds Trader gives you quite literally everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're in this betting on sports games, any sport, by the way, make sure you go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Again, that's oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I'm back with Aaron Quinn from Cover One. I can't. I can spend an entire podcast three times a week talking about the way Josh Allen is playing right now. I'm older, so I grew up watching the Bills during the Super Bowl years. I don't just remember them; I remember them well. I was old enough. I mean, I was a a teenager, a later teenager, right. but I remember well, and I remember the feeling I would have when the Bills would be playing. I remember when the offense would come on the field. I always felt like they were going to score. I don't give a shit who they were playing. I don't care yeah. who the defense was, who the corners were. I Down in distance, were, doesn't matter. Third right, and long. Right. And then and then we go, and I'm sure you know this too, uh, as a Bills fan who watched this team for the better part of 17 years be awful, it would be annoying to watch the offense. Then you go watch you know, other great quarterbacks on teams play. But God, man, this is what it's like to have great quarterbacks. Honestly, like, or even it, just like a well-designed offense. You couldn't even get a good yeah. like screen game going. Yeah. Now it's flipped. Now I watch other games and I'm like, God, yep. what, a, what a sub, what an average. What a, I watch the Vikings play and they're five and one. I'm like, all Our right. Quarterbacks can't, can't even throw a 30 yard out. Right. <laughs> so now it's so different. And I'm at a point right now where every single time the bills are on the field, I feel like they're going to score. Yeah. I don't give a yeah. shit if it's Jalen Ramsey out there. I don't care if it's the Steelers defense and they're dialing up all these places. It doesn't matter. I feel like this offense Honestly. right now is and the only thing that unstoppable. Can, it feels like the only thing that can stop them is like Isaiah McKenzie taking one off the face or like, so you know what I mean? Like it really is themselves. It's the, it's the mistakes that they make that allow turnovers. Like really even had, I mean, Josh has had a couple bad ones, but in terms of throws, but a lot of the turnovers and things you've seen have been just self mistakes, bad ball security, bad route running, things like that ball coming off somebody's hand. Um, so it's been really the bills are the only team that can beat them and the, the sun, the brutal sun of Miami. Other than that, Really, no one's been able to stop this offense from moving forward. My wife said it a couple of weeks ago. Unfortunately, a secret is before she met me, she was uh, in a long-term relationship with a Patriots fan, which I'm, I feel really bad for. It must have been abusive. <laughs> uh, but she watched a lot of Patriots football, and she you know, recently said watching this Bills team this year, like that sort of always going for the offense is always moving forward. She's like, they never seem to be have any resistance, and it reminded her of those sort of like back Randy Moss Patriots days. And she's right. It, it does. Like you, you, I remember watching those teams and being like, they can score from anywhere on the field. You got to guard every blade of grass. And they would at any point be third and long. And Moss would just go off on some touch and bills, digs, Gabe Davis are that now. All the, 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 the splash plays from last week, the Josh Allen hurdle, of course, the, yeah. the, the throw to Gabe Davis, where you couldn't run down the sideline and put it in his hands any better than Honestly. that throw. The throw to digs, all these splash plays to me. We're so spoiled. We're so spoiled. We really are. And you are. You're right. Here's the deal. What is it? Third and 10, third and 11 from their own one yard line. When a minute, something left, you figure, all right, let's try to dump the ball, get a couple yards. We could punt onto the end zone. No, 
they're going for no, it. No, we're gonna go drive. We're gonna drive. <laughs> the go drive. They don't give a shit, man. And yeah. I, I love the I yeah. love to watch that. Let me throw out a couple of uh stats right now with with some players. Josh Allen. So this is obviously through six games. The Bills are on a bye. He's already got nineteen hundred eighty passing yards first in the NFL. Crazy. Seventeen touchdowns, four picks. Um. And he leads the team with 257 rushing yards. See, that's funny. Anyway, he's on pace right now over 17 games to have the most passing yards in the history of the NFL. Even mm-hmm. if you only took him at 16, because that's what it's always been. There's only three quarterbacks who were thrown for more than what he's on pace for right now. Yeah. Uh, Stefan Diggs, 49 catches already, 656 yards and six touchdowns. His career high is 10. He's already had six touchdowns. Yeah. He's in the top three in all three uh, um, stats in the league right now. And it's but it's it, he's so good. It's easy to it's take so it. From, it's almost easy to take it from granted. He's so good. And then you got Gabe Davis, who's only been healthy for half of the year. He's got 14 catches, 183 yards, four touchdowns, dude. 27.4 yards per catch. That's almost funny. It's, <laughs> it's like at first, man, like when he first came on, we kind of joked, like, all he does is make big plays. And it was like two years of it. And then like now you're like, oh, it's really is all he does is make big plays it's kind of wild like i always say like you know you gotta when somebody tells you who they are you know believe them i think gabe davis would have been doing this this whole time and they i mean it's hard to argue that he is just a big play machine it's every time he's becoming a star players around or media around the league they're really uh they're starting to talk about him of course on the defensive end i mean What more can you say about what a value this guy is man remember people were wondering if this was even going to pay off Yep. For any kind of value, dude, I think we I think we can get all three guaranteed years of value I, out of him. I optimistically said before the season, Von Miller will probably have five to six sacks, but he'll play his best football when it matters most in the playoffs in the fourth quarter of a big game. He's got six sacks already. Unbelievable. Six sacks. He's tied for second. Dude, what league. a pleasure to watch. Eight to eight tackles for a loss. And, and and big plays too. He was a big reason why the Bills beat the Chiefs on Sunday, which is literally why uh you yeah. went out and got him. And a guy who's going under the radar because in part because of so many star players, including Von Miller. Greg Rousseau's got four sacks in six games, and he's got five tackles for a loss, too. So yeah. You know who else is going under under the radar? Uh Daquan Jones. Yeah. Daquan Jones is like uh Greg brought him up as one of the best players. I don't believe in PFF grades at all, but there are some uh statistics where it takes like win uh win rate versus double rate, and he's up there with like Aaron Donald. Like yeah. he is playing elite football. And some of that is the gravity that Avon Miller pulls. Some of that is the gravity that the other star players in that front seven, a group pull uh, But the unit as a whole, what Brandon Bean has put together in that front seven, really in that secondary holding up too, without Micah Hyde and Trey white at this point in the season through a gauntlet that you just went through, man, kudos to what they've been able to put together. But yeah, Jones needs some flowers here halfway through the season. What a pickup and the ripple effect of having a true one tech that's playing at an elite level, when you add a Von Miller, when you have a Ed Oliver coming back, just look at the linebacker play of Milano and Edmonds. They have both, in my opinion, taken a big step forward. And I think it's kuda that's a hats off to Jones as well. Yeah, I agree 100 percent And then you got Jordan Poyer who's got four picks in four games. He won the ball. He's the biggest reason why the Bills won in Baltimore. So yep. you know, it's yep. just a bunch of stars, and they're playing yep. like a, a bunch of stars, a few yes, small sir. concerning things is going into the buy injuries. Obviously, they've been every team's got flaws, yeah, exactly. But even their flaws, man, like Damar Hamlin. I this is a guy that I've been pounding the table for in terms of I think that that's a good floor to have for your backup safety. And sure. a lot of people have concerns on him. I think he's looked pretty good, like even their flaws and problems 
would be having Kyrie Elam and Christian Benford, but that's held up, right? Like every time they have some major flaw, this organization seems to be able to sort of hide those weaknesses. Right. I agree, man. And look, no team's perfect. Injuries have, have been a problem with the getting healthier. Yeah. They're going to stumble. They're going to lose some of these sure. games that we're going to be pissed about. Short yardage running has been an issue, although I like finally, I've been waiting for it all year. They said, fuck this. Josh Allen, quarterback sneak on if it's third or fourth. And I love it yard. with Gabe Davis. Yeah, pushing Gabe him. Davis pushing him. So hopefully that won't be an issue going forward. Yeah. And then, yeah, they've been they've been prone to like these self-inflicted runes. The Rams game, they turned the ball over four times. Didn't matter because they oh, just some in the red zone them. too. Just like the, that's yeah. the ones that kill me. Oh, oh, for three against Kansas City in the red zone. You know, yeah. that, 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 that was a weird start to that game. That was the first time in the NFL history that both teams started their drives with turnovers in the red zone. Yeah. Yeah, like they they both and marched down and turned the ball over. Crazy. That was that was that, a lot of that had to do with Isaiah McKenzie though the the mistake with the fumble on the option I'm play and Pat, then he tripped, I tripped over to... tripped over his own feet in the end zone on fourth down. So that probably I don't like to bury players, Pat, but he's how he's me. Oh, I'm having a hard time. He's gonna find me in his mentions and stuff, or not in his mentions. He's gonna look me up on Twitter. I like Isaiah. He's a likable dude, but yeah, I want to see more of Shakir. Yeah, I here's a stat from uh, Next Gen Stats. Isaiah Let's McKenzie ran 23 routes Sunday to Khalil Shakir's eight. McKenzie yeah. played 37 snaps at Shakir's 15. McKenzie saw five targets at Shakir's two, but Shakir finished with more receiving yards, 14 to nine. So uh, it was five targets for McKenzie, and he had nine yards receiving against the Chiefs. That's kind of McKenzie, though. Like, there's this idea about uh, Isaiah McKenzie, in my opinion, that he's a player that I don't think that he is, which is like every time he touches the ball, he does something special with it. And I think he can. He has the speed to do it. Sure, he has the talent to do that. You see it pop, uh, but I think more consistently than not, it's underwhelming, and there's mistakes. Big and so that my problem, my thing is the return on investment is never seeming to be enough. My take on Isaiah McKenzie is, I like him, like to your point, and I think he's capable of doing some good things. I don't like having to rely on Isaiah McKenzie, and if he's your slot guy. He's your start, slot receiver. You got to rely on him to an extent. And yeah. I, I, I and don't like doing that. Here's my big thing right now, Pat, is I think I've seen enough in the summer and in real live action from Khalil Shakir that I think he's more well-rounded of a player. I think he's a better, uh, he can develop into a better all-around slot player and a true NFL wide receiver. Plus, he th- I think he brings that ability. He's not as fast, but I think he's as good of a returner as Isaiah McKenzie. And I think that he can do the gadget stuff. Like I think he can take the screen game and all that. And I think he's a better yards after catch shiftier runner. I think McKenzie has more straight line speed. If you can get him out in front of blockers and he can find holes that speeds elite. But I think Shakir has more wiggle NFL sort of that Robert Woods. He always finds an extra five yards type of guy. I would be shocked if Shakir doesn't have a bigger role with this team coming yeah. off the bye as the season forward. goes on. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Honestly, I said it on our show and I think that it's a very, one of my better takes lately is that this next month, we still have a mini slot competition over the next month because the clock's ticking. Odell Beckham's about to get healthy over the next month, probably late uh, November here around Thanksgiving, maybe early December. So you're going to see a battle in the slot play out real time in real games between Isaiah McKenzie and Khalil Shakir. And I'm interested to see my belief is that over that this month, over this next stretch of games, you'll start to see that shift in snap count. I think Khalil Shakir is going to do the things that are going to make it hard for the coaches to take him off the field. Could be next week. I want to spend more time talking about Adele Beckham Jr. For sure. 
I do want to bring up Christian McCaffrey real quick. Then I want to get to finish up with our yeah, medal stuff. Yep. So there was an article in the athletic and I read it yesterday Okay. regarding Christian McCaffrey. And sure. the, the, the premise was the four or five teams that were interested in trading for him, whoever covered the beat for that team, for the athletic would submit trade proposals to a guy who ultimately would accept them or, or reject them. We all know that, Christian McCaffrey, at least reports say that the bills are at least stiffing around. I, I kind of feel like they're monitoring the market and they're not going to do anything nuts. But anyway, look, Joe B obviously for, covers the bills for the athletic. Right. And he submitted two proposals. I wanted to get your thoughts on these um, okay. quickly. So there were two of them. One involved trading Zach Moss, a 2023 second round pick and a 2024 fourth round pick. The other one um, had him trading James Cook a 2023 third round pick and a 2024 fourth round pick. The difference being Wait. it would either be Moss in next year's second or Cook in next year's third and then a fourth two years from now. So Moss, Moss in a second in 2023. And then a fourth in a next fourth. year in 2024. Or Cook in a third rounder this coming year and then a fourth um, in two years. So no. Cook a third and a fourth or Moss a second. I'm not trading Cook. A fourth. That, no, I'm not trading Cook. Um, yeah. No, I don't want to get rid of that investment now. That doesn't make sense to me. I'd be willing to move from Moss. I don't want to move a second for McCaffrey. I like the idea of Adam McCaffrey. To me, the intrigue of Adam McCaffrey is this conversation. We're talking about the slot. Um, if you can't solidify the slot over the next month and say Odell signs with the Rams or somebody throws him money that he's looking for over come to Buffalo. And there's not a lot of slot options that like, then I want McCaffrey. I think he, he comes in and he's immediately your third best wide receiver, maybe second best wide receiver on the team. Like he's a legitimate wide receiving option in the NFL. So I would do that and kind of in the same mindset of an Odell. Like I don't think that's a long-term answer. So I want to keep cook. I'm cool to move Moss, but yeah, if it, if it requires a second round pick, I don't know, man, we've got some tough decisions to make here. Like, I don't know that Gabe Davis is going to be able to be in the plan. I think they're going to be able to get a lot of stuff done of uh, keeping some guys around, but some of these dudes, especially over this next 11 games where stats are going to get inflated, like values are going to increase to points where it's just not going to make sense for the bills. And people are going to either go get a bag or keep chasing rings. Uh, and so they're going to need those, those picks to fill holes. Like you, you get, if you're losing to Gabe Davis, I want that second round pick because I want, I want to keep drafting linemen. I want to keep filling that wide receiver room with talent, get this cornerback room filled with talent, all those things. So I don't know, man, I don't know how much McCaffrey moves the needle. I'd have to look up this. Sometimes they have those stats of like how many expected wins a guy would add. I don't love the idea right now of moving that second, but I'll move Moss and a bunch of other picks. Well, of course you'd move Moss. <laughs> I'm I, trades are hard. That's the problem. Trades are hard. I want I value. They want value. Right. I want to make sure I say this right. I don't not want Christian McCaffrey, but I don't want to give up valuable draft picks exactly for what. If you first of all, I like guarantee me a Super Bowl today, Pat, I would throw that second round pick and not even. Play. Sure. And and again, I look at the Rams. The Rams give away all their picks and then it paid off. They won a Super Bowl, whatever. Yeah. I want the draft picks. I want to spend the money retaining the core. Gabe Davis, Ed Oliver, if, maybe Tremaine Edmonds. If we get a McCaffrey or an Odell or some other big name, are the Bills a super team? Um, if they get, yes. like everybody just going to be like, they're borderline a super team right now, man. Yeah. But they're a natural super team, right? Like they've built that. Yeah. If they go get Beckham, yes. 
Because there's been, there's teams that need Beckham more. And we'll, again, we'll talk more about this yeah. next week. There's definitely sure. teams that need Beckham more than the Bills. It's the Bills a could use massive them. luxury to the just Bills, add more the gas Bills to this use, offense. The Bills could use Beckham, but they don't need him. The, yeah, Bills, could use, him, yeah. the Bills could use McCaffrey, but they don't need him. Yeah, yeah. You know how many times is he really going to run the ball? 12, 13 Whoa. times? He's still going to sling the ball to Diggs and the Davis and the yeah. Dawson Knox. What and a world shit anyway. And I like James Cook. I still like James Cook. He's just don't expect much from him right now. Yeah. Anyway, all right, so here's what we're going to do. End with our uh, metal stand here. And yes. we're going to do two yeah. topics. Got, we're going to get running, yep. Yep, Let's so we're going to do, uh, we'll go first. Well, we'll save four songs, actually, for uh, for last. Let's do yeah. uh, surprising 2022 NFL storyline. So, again, oh, okay. format's yep. going to be you you award a bronze, then you award a silver, and then you award a gold medal. That's what the okay. metal stand literally is. So go ahead, man. All right, so my bronze is that I think maybe Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady stink. Hmm. Okay. Like the time is finally caught up okay. with them or their organizations are so flawed that it's finally showing their age. Something's okay. going on where we're talking only about Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and where nobody's even got Brady or Aaron Rodgers really on their mind, mm-hmm. especially like going into this bye week game. Like people will try to fluff it up, but I don't think any NFL fan feels like excitement of Allen versus Rodgers right now. Agreed. So that's a weird one to me because I expected that to still be sort of at that elite level that they were all kind of hanging in the elite tier, but we haven't seen that play from those two. Uh, so that's a surprise to me. The New York Giants, the New York football giants, Brian Dable, Joe Shane, and the quick culture turnaround and them like believing in Saquon Barkley. Like this, what a story for the NFL. I think this is good for football when big markets like this. Like if Chicago was good, that'd be good for football. That's I say silver. this about basketball all the time. If you, when your big cities are good, it is good for the sport. And so I'm happy that the giants have something to be excited about. So that's, uh, they that's get your the, silver. That's my silver. And the number one story, in my opinion, surprise story in the NFL is, and I love this one. Cause it's almost petty is Geno Smith is good. And Russell Wilson sucks. <laughs> right. Like I like it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nobody even gave a thought to Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks at all, not even on our radar. And everybody hyped up the Denver Broncos and Russ going there and that this AFC West was going to just blow the NFL by a storm. And you automatically put Russ on this team and they're a Super Bowl contender. And nobody thought about Seattle at all. And it absolutely is flipped on its side. And Broncos look like a dumpster fire right now. And Seattle Seahawks look like good for them. Everybody's kind of pulling from it. And I hate Pete Carroll. I hate Pete Carroll. And I'm thinking like good for him because Russ seems like a corny dude who's kind of a dick. He won't even like take phone calls from his teammates. Like I'm kind of over this guy. And so I kind of have sympathy for Pete Carroll, which I didn't like Pete. So to me, this is the story of the year. I hope it sustains. I want like a comeback player of the year for Geno Smith. Like I, this type of redemption story is these are the moments in the NFL that are just like, you remember that type of season. Sure. My bronze is, I thought the Baltimore Ravens were going to be a really good football team. Yeah. I think they're middle of the pack. They've yeah. blown double-digit leads already against Miami, Buffalo, Crazy. and yeah. the Giants. So that's my bronze. My silver, I agree with you 100%. I also have the New York Giants. They're 5-1 right so now. Cool. They beat Green Bay overseas. They beat Baltimore. They beat Tennessee. So they, they're a good 5-1 right now. So that also is my silver. And my gold is, you, you mentioned one player specifically, the AFC West was supposed to be like this historically yeah. good division, and it's been pretty mediocre. I mean, the Chiefs one are still good. The Chargers are, what, four and two, but they're banged up with injuries. They've just been all right. And Vegas and Denver stink. Yeah. So that's my gold right now for uh, 
When are we going to learn our lesson, Pat? Every single March, spring, moves happen, splashes happen, and we just go nuts on Twitter and everybody starts crying. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a problem. They're going to be a problem. This is gonna... And every, everybody just loses their mind. We also do the same thing with like the hype of the end of the year, like the mm. Bengals and Rams getting just way overhyped. So we got to like look at how we act because year over year, the same stuff happens. And then we're surprised when the Broncos stink. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. All right. Yeah. Last category here. We're yep. going to go worst songs ever. I hate this category actually, because songs are so subjective. One thing I realized in, in getting ready for this one, Pat, is that I, uh, I have terrible taste in music because I looked up some other people's like what do other people think are worst songs ever, and it's all like I, I like that song, I really like that song, right. and so yeah, like it's I, your I own personal have... opinion, man. Yeah, so I wanted to pick um, all country music, all Little Wayne songs, and all mumble rap, but that's too that would be a cop out. So I went with actual songs. <laughs> uh, we're gonna go with uh, Single Ladies by Beyonce. That's your bronze. Okay. Is my bronze. I hate that song. I'm not a big Beyonce fan. And, okay. Uh, well, we can talk about that in another episode. And then I'm going to go with uh, Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae. Ooh, I love that song. Oh, it's so annoying. It, <laughs> it here's the thing. A lot song. of bad songs are super catchy. So you'll oh, yeah, catch yeah, me yeah, yeah, singing yeah. bad songs because I, I catch agree. and I hate myself for it. I agree. Um, the worst one, in my opinion, and this might be from years of spending time in bowling alleys in Maine, on Friday and Saturday nights at karaoke is amazed by Lone Star. Lone Star. <laughs> I hate that goddamn song, dude. It is so twangy and everything I hate about country music. Like if Brian, if Brian McKnight is singing that song, sweet, give it to me all day. It's a love song. I love that kind of stuff, but amazed by Lone Star drives me absolutely nuts and way overdone at karaoke. None of you sound good singing it. I just want what? everyone to know you all sound like trash singing this song. I love that you said that quick, real quick story here. Um, my wife was was a singer and she did a lot some country music. Although she's not really a country music fan per se, but she was a good country music singer. She actually recorded with the the drummer, and his name was Keith Rainwater from Lone Star. His yeah. mother wrote a song. She went to Nashville and did some recording, and she was in part of a concert at like one of those uh Taste of Country. I, I forgot what they were called, the contest, but she actually sang it when Lone Star was a headliner. And, and and met those guys yeah that song sucks i agree yeah. with you by the way um my bronze and these are a lot some of these have to do with karaoke by the way okay. i've been around karaoke i've been exposed to way too much karaoke in my life it ruins a lot of songs yeah my bronze and they're popular songs i paradise by the dashboard light by meatloaf absolutely fucking hate that song it drives oh, drives me crazy. rest in peace Ain't meatloaf no about it. can't stand that song so that's my bronze my silver which could very well be my gold this is almost a tie picture by Kid Rock and Cheryl Crow. That song sucks. I hate that song with yeah. such a passion and people. It's catchy though. Crow. It is one of those ones that just oh, runs on the radio it. and just rips inside your head. You people actually it. take money out of their pockets and put it in the jukebox to play fucking Kid Rock and Cheryl Crow picture. Hate that song. <laughs> and then my gold one, again, this is partially because of karaoke and I just absolutely hate the song in general. Love Shack by the B-52s. Oh, God, yeah. Worst song of all time absolutely hate it my, my ears start bleeding when people yeah. sing that shit at karaoke man. I don't so, blame those are, I, I don't agree with call me baby I loved two of your three <laughs> picks though <laughs> hey whatever <laughs> man <laughs> alright guys that's gonna do it for this casual Friday make sure you follow Aaron on Twitter of course check out cover one Buffalo podcast they're on live after Bill's games and then they also have a show during the season every Wednesday of course about Aaron and his partner Greg Thompson 
All right, man. Like I said, we're still working out a little bit of kinks here and there with this show, but this was good, man. I like it. This I like that with you, man. I, I like the metal stand. I kind of like, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes with the food review stuff. Again, we're going to kind of tweak some shit around. But anyway, thanks for joining, brother. You know, I love All having right. you on. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. I will be back. Uh, actually, this is the last episode for this week, so I'll be back next Tuesday. Talk to you soon.